Hey, what's up, guys? This is the WCBC Podcast. I'm Hunter. I'm Alan. And hey, guys, we are back, and we have some news. So you guys are familiar that our last episode or the episode before that, the weeks, man, they're just running together. Um, we had Josh Blake come join us, but Josh was our our second guest. But guess what? He's never leaving. Josh, say hey to everybody. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here and uh, look forward to all the podcasts coming up and what God has in store for us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good good to have Josh with us. We've been uh, uh, going back and forth, me and, me and Hunter, and, and uh, we've been working, and, and it's good that uh, we have that chemistry and the ability to, to, to just kind of reflect on Scripture. But, you know, when Josh was in here with us, we just had that chemistry to where uh, it was something that was just uh, – it's like it, 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 that element that's missing, you know. So uh, glad to have you, Josh, and uh, welcome on board. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about God using this ministry and just uh, getting the word out and, and helping folks to be not only spiritually maturing and, and sanctifying and, and getting stronger in their faith, but also that possibility of somebody that hears this that don't know Christ. And maybe we stimulate a little curiosity in their brain and the Holy Spirit seasons that and they have a radical life-changing uh, experience and, and salvation. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking about it too that, I mean, when we first started this, it was me and Alan and initially we were like, you know, we'd love to have a third person because one, um, I get to run sound and talk at the same time and so some Sometimes, it, I mean, it's a challenge. Most of the time, we have everything set up before we start. And so I, we were just talking about how cool it would be if we had a third person. And it gets a little hectic. when I th- I'll, I'll throw a question at you, Hunter, and you'll be on the computer maybe or just in the volume or, or doing something. And it's like kinda I am like, currently. Kind of like you are <laughs> right now, yes. And uh, it, it, it gets a little chaotic. So it's nice to have Josh in here to help us out. And uh, he just brings a, a wealth of knowledge of Scripture. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that next element to just uh, take this to the next level yeah and i mean too it's one of those things that we prayed about it because you know we wanted to make sure that we all are well studied we can keep scripture in context and so after josh left i mean uh, we got to talk after and he kind of fell in love with the idea of being on a podcast and so i told alan i was just like hey man Josh loves this. Let's pray about it. And then after a couple of days went by, we were like, oh, yeah. And then it's funny because Sunday. And the time does fly because when you're right. I was thinking, man, Josh was in here with us last week. But me and you done a podcast by ourselves after Josh was with us. So there has been Oh, yeah, a week. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, it's a week removed since Josh was with us. Well, and that's just we prayed because yeah, 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 with yeah. this podcast right here, listen, I mean, we've talked about it. This wasn't something we just came up with. No. Like, this is an idea that's been mentioned a few times, and then one day our pastor was just like, so if you were to start a podcast, what would you need? I was like, oh, my goodness. We it, don't need anything. I it, already have everything planned out. It's going to happen. Yeah, and so he's <laughs> like, well, let's pray about it. And so eventually then he was like, you know, I've talked to uh, some of the other deacons. Y'all should do it. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, instantly, Alan and me, we started talking about the podcast, and then we started it up, and then – um, Josh, and it's funny because this is how it works, people. You know, the Bible talks about being like-minded, being of one accord. And so this Sunday, you know, we're we're talking to different people, but um, after service, we kind of come together. And usually, we take days, a couple days, to pray about. You know, what what some ideas we have? Because we just finished prayer, 
we got to have Pastor Jason in here, then we got to have Josh in here, and then last week we we're at a, we're at a clean point now. We're ready to we're yeah. make a decision. Let's pick a, a topic, a subject matter. Uh, wh- what direction is the podcast going to go in? And uh, well, and then th- that's how it happened. You know, Alan and me and Josh were talking after church, and I was just like, Alan, you got any ideas? And he's like, Well, I've been thinking about like blessings, like blessed, maybe like the Beatitudes, and I was like, Oh, okay. So we, then we bring Josh over. And Josh was like, oh, yeah, that, that's a great idea. And I was like, well, what if after we finish that, we just do the whole Sermon on the Mount, and then the three of us, it's like a light bulb just went off the three of us, and we were just like, this is what we're supposed to do. And so that kind of, I mean, that kind of leads in, today we're going to start. And we have no idea how long this is going to last or how long it's going to take. We don't, and absolutely really are in no hurry because some of the things that we've talked about yeah. off of the recording before we start, it's not been documented. I want to repeat uh, just so it's documented in the podcast, is that in alive, the Sermon on the Mount, it can be, we can blow through it just as shallow as we want to. Yeah. Just like, you know, I, I did most of my Christian life, and well, we can dig into that deep rooted developmental portion that God's got in there, and it can be a time in our life where God really takes us to a level of spiritual maturity that is really what we've been needing to do. Uh, for many years, and, and I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Yeah, and so um, we're pumped. And Josh, if there's any advice, I think it's the same thing we told Pastor Jason. Just interrupt us. Cut us off. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, literally, <laughs> that's what we're doing here. I yeah. mean, we we just interrupt each other because if not, I I might talk the whole 50 minutes <laughs> an and hour. It, so it's not rehearsed. <laughs> it's not scripted. Uh, if you want to talk over me, I'll shut up and let you talk. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just a, a, a time to, to to show what yeah. passionate uh, people about God's word uh, can, yeah. can can talk about. Maybe maybe along the way, uh, teach and educate some folks about some things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's kick it off. So yeah, we're gonna be in Matthew five. Um, this will be kind of the main passage. When we do the Sermon on the Mount, you know, there are other Gospels. You know, Luke, we might reference over to Luke here and there, uh, but we're going to be mostly in Matthew 5. And so I'm going to, I'll read verses 1 through 3, and then we'll, we can kind of set up shop and hang out right there on verse 3, and we'll start our conversation. So, and it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them saying so jesus is going to the mount his disciples are there there is a crowd luke puts a lot of emphasis that yes he is speaking it to his disciple but there was a great multitude that was also present on the mount and so then jesus opens his mouth and he starts to teach them in the first verse the first thing we're going to talk about is the first beatitude uh, and it says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so guys who's starting go ahead josh because well, we talked about that well what does it mean yeah so so blessed is the poor in spirit so um I, I i asked myself i said what exactly does it mean to be poor in spirit um so i actually pulled that word and it is a um, it's greek 4434 four, four, and it's basically a beggar to be a beggar in spirit um and the, the, the kind of how my brain works is like, so what exactly would a beggar be? And if you think about when we see beggars on the street, we see people that are asking. They, they're not asking for a specific item or a specific, you know, they'll be like, oh, I don't like that. They just, anything. 
And I think the, the once we are that beggar in spirit, that it's we we realize that it's nothing of us. Yeah. That we don't have that capability. It's not us. It's, it's not. And when we talk about poor, I mean, you can we could spend some time talking about that word because the society that we live in in America really doesn't have a concept of what poor is. Yeah. Very I mean, true. America is one of the only. Uh, countries that you can be below poverty level and still be obese. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a third world country, if you're below poverty level, there's like ribs sticking out. Yes. And you're hungry and you're near starvation. So we're we're spoilt in America to live in a a land that God has blessed because uh, we really don't have a good concept of what poor is. Yeah. And poor in spirit, uh, the, 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 the longing that comes along with that hunger yeah mm-hmm. that you know when you miss a meal and i don't miss very many right <laughs> you can tell by looking at me but when you miss a meal your body longs and craves and yearns for food yeah and uh, uh mama had a, a a custom that if you complained about what we we're having for supper you were having miss meal cramps meaning you go to bed without anything. <laughs> so we never complained about what mom had for yeah. prepared for supper. We ate it, and, and we're, we're glad to have it. Uh, but if you ever go uh, a amount of time without food and your stomach's empty, there's warning systems that your body has naturally that lets you know you need something. Same thing when the, you're poor in spirit and you realize that, man, alive, I'm, a, I'm, I'm separate from God and I'm alone from God and I'm poor and I need him. That longing, just like Josh was talking about, man, that's a, that, that's a good place for a person to be when they realize that that need can be met in God. Yeah, and, and when you think about, like, you know, we're talking about a lot of physical examples that we see in this day and age. And what I was going to say is when you look at the spiritual aspect of, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, a couple of reference texts that came up and I, I really compared the King James to the ESV because they're both word translations. And I like to just look at what words each version says. And so, you know, I, I was looking at it today and actually in like Proverbs sixteen nineteen, it mentions having a humble spirit. Isaiah 66, 2, he who is humble and contrite in spirit trembles at my word. That's the Lord speaking. And so when you look at someone who is poor in spirit, well, then you think of like a a Matthew 6, um, 19 through 20. Lay lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. And so when you think about uh, being poor in spirit, it's that person that realizes that concept. Like, I want all of my treasures in heaven. I want everything to be in heaven, uh, and I'm going to humble myself before God. Um, and, and not worry about what, what's down here. Um, and so I, I just like that, that mindset of like, like begging, like pleading, being because to really be in a place of begging and pleading or asking, you really have to be, be humble. Because if you have pride, it's never going to cross your mind to ask for well, help. That's, that's a good point. Because when you, when you talk about being sincere, and that's a, that's a big stickler for me, uh, man, I've been around enough phonies and enough hypocrites, and I don't know anybody that's listening to this yeah. podcast. You, you can you can spot them in a, in a minute, but 
true sincerity and that earnest longing for God, man, it's, it's and God can spot it too. I mean, he's, he's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Yeah. And he knows where we're coming from. And, and that, uh, that position of being poor in spirit, man, God says you're blessed. Yeah. Says. You're blessed. Well, I mean, it, it's that verse in Isaiah. I mean, it says trembles at my word. And so like when I think about being blessed, you know, are the poor, it, we're not saying as a Christian you should strive to be poor and get you no, know no 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 we're, we're not, not a physical yeah we're exactly. and I mean we've stated that but I just want to say that in case someone's listening to this and they're like what you know no we're we're saying this like trembles at my word it's almost like you come to that point like Paul I, the wretched sinner I am mm-hmm. like I'm nothing yep. I'm empty I'm poor in spirit and so therefore man I I need to tremble at his word. Um, I'm going to be contrite in my spirit, and I'm going to humble myself because, man, I, I'm I'm poor. Right, and like you said, the, mentioned about humbling yourself. The thing is, is that you know when we we truly realize that we are poor in spirit, and it's not of us, and we come to that place of humility. It's like me and you were speaking about earlier that it, we find that we can be real amongst yeah. each other, and there's not that pride issue. We don't have to be somebody that we're not. We don't have to act a certain way that when when it's not true, and it's and that's that sense of humility and the, and to being poor in the spirit and knowing that it's not of us, that we can we can peel that layer back and actually be honest and in forthcoming with people around us. And that's attractive. It's it's really something that uh, talks. Bible talks about coming out from among the world and being you separate. That's one thing that a child of God is a must, unmistakable characteristic. That humility. That honesty, that sincerity, that's unmistakable, and like I said, you can just like you can spot a hypocrite or a phony mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, it is election time. I better be, I better be careful what I talk about. But right, <laughs> row, you can identify someone who is sincere, and boy, God can do it too. He's like I said, he he can look right straight down from heaven, right into my heart, mm-hmm. and tell. What I meant by that? Yeah. What was my intention? Yeah, and I mean, even another example, like the the publican and, and the fact, you know, when they came together, you have your righteous man that's like, you know, Lord, thank you that I'm not like these like other him. men, yeah, and thank you I'm not like him. And then you've you've got your other example of the humble, and he's like beating, he can't even lift his head because of how I'm a sinner, you know, yep. I'm beating on my my chest, wretched sinner I. Yeah. And so when you look at being. Uh, you know, poor in the spirit. It's not like, it's not that you're in a place of lacking. It's that you're willing to admit that you are lacking. Exactly right. Because that's the thing is like the acknowledgement. I mean, it's like if I get up every day and, you know, my mindset is, man, I'm rich in the spirit today. I'm this. I'm Well, pride can really creep in. And that's where you have to, I mean, you've got to remain humble. And I mean, you know, in our college small group, we've been doing a series called Imitators of Christ. And I mean, Jesus humbled himself to serve his disciples. And if Jesus is humble, man, I need to try to be humble as much as I can every day and realize that I'm, I'm lacking and I need him. And, and you really don't have to be a Bible scholar to read the concepts in the entire Word of God and understand that there's nothing poor about Christianity. Oh, yeah. When it comes to uh, all that God's Word promises us, Man, we are we are, we are rich beyond all understanding. It's like uh, Jace Robertson from Duck Donny. He he said literally, he and he said this once. He said, "I'm invincible," and I was like, "Wait a second, 
He's like, you can never truly kill me. And I was like, whoa, wait, whoa, what? He's like, I'm literally like the Terminator. I will be back. <laughs> and so then he got into the, you know, if someone were to take my life, they're not taking my life because actually I'm going to go live in eternity with the Lord. He's like, Christians are the most dangerous people because you really truly can't kill them for eternity. They're just going to go. You might hurt my body. You might hurt my family. But guess what? I'm going the other place. Yep. And if you don't, well, we'll see each other on different terms one of these days. <laughs> so, um, and, and another thing, too, that I love, which we were talking about this, is the word blessed. Like when you look at your, your Greek, which is G3107, it means supremely blessed, happy. So we talked about this before we started, which I love. Is that We all said we should be recording this. Yeah, and <laughs> so when you think about it, happy are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is literally describing the characteristics of how a Christian should be. A lost person's not going to be happy in a poor state. Because all they're thinking about is, I want to be in a rich state. I want this, I want this. All I'm missing, all I'm doing without. And yes. yeah, yeah, and when you go through this, I mean, it's literally talking about things that, as a Christian that we should strive for and that we should look for. And it's needful right now, especially in the day and time that we live in when there's so much uh, disparity, so much, uh, you know, I hate to say anxiety, yeah. uh, you know, with the the... People, and I understand that people do battle uh, a physical ailment that requires medication and doctor's care. I understand that. But there's a lot going on in society today that's basically uh, people have lost their concept of what it's like to be blessed. Yeah. I'm not talking about being optimistic, glass half full. I'm talking about the fact that my blessings and my hope and the things that are eternal have nothing to do with the circumstances that I'm in. Right. They're, they're completely uh, based out of God's Word and uh, on His promises, and the fact that that can bring me joy and happiness. Yeah. Because a lot of times people are not happy simply because they get focused on their circumstances and their surroundings, yeah. and they don't focus on what God has provided and blessed them with. And we are a blessed people. Uh, and, and we're going to go through a, a, a lot of chapters about telling you how to recognize that you're blessed, but you're blessed uh, it, whether you recognize it or not. If you have the, uh, the blood of Christ applied to your heart, you're blessed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, you made up a good point that, um, that we do. We take the circumstances around us and we equate it to. And, and that's what the other day I had a discussion, and that's what I was talking to a gentleman about was the difference between, like, happy and to have joy. You know, because he's like, how can you at a time of loss or how can you at a time of this pandemic be happy? And I says, well, it's different. It's not a happy. It's joy. It's joy. It's joy. And, you know, and he's like, well, I don't understand. And I says, well, we get joy from, from God. That's yep. where our joy comes from. It's oh happiness, and then what I explained to him was, you know, that we can have we can get happiness in a season, mm -hmm. and 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 objects, possessions, friendships can bring us that happiness, but it has for yeah. a season, a it's time period. Yeah, it's temporal. Right, and then and the thing is, is that that joy is when stuff hits us like a pandemic, or we have suffered a loss, or we are at a time of a low in spirit. At that moment, though, that's that joy is that comfort that we get from Him. 
But uh, speaking of the blessed, as how blessed we are as a society and, 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 and the things around us, um, that's one of the things that, you know, it, it takes that it takes that conscious effort, you know, because we even I, I'll go to work sometimes and it's like it just my, it seems like my day falls apart very quickly. You know, and, and I have to remind myself, you know, I'm truly blessed. This is a temporary situation that has no relevance of who I am or what I am. And it's, a, it's that rewinding and putting myself into check to say, hey, you know what? I'm truly blessed. I'm a child of God. You know, I have the opportunity to witness. I, have a, I live in a country where I can freely tote the word of God and share it still to this day. You know, which what that future holds, I don't know. But yeah. it, is, it is a blessing. <laughs> and we truly are um, blessed by the, the, just who we are here in, in the States. And, as, and once we have Christ, I mean, our blessing then. Ex- ex- exceptionally grows and you you that's 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 just pure wisdom when you when you make statements like man love uh my day falls apart quickly and you're not the only one josh i i, I go in and, and I, i've got a, a routine and uh it's not like a it's 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 one of those things where i understand that before i get there i gotta pray and i've got to ask god to help me and i can go in with the best of intentions mm-hmm. and i mean i i'm determined I'm going to give God glory out of my life. And something will happen within just the very first hours, moments of my day. And the next thing you know, I'm fighting my flesh. Right. And I'm, I'm having to, to repent and, and remind myself that my circumstances yeah. are not what gives me joy. That's right. And so what you guys are talking about just brought some scripture in my mind in Philippians 4. So... I mean, Paul said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at least your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Then he says, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse 12 is my point. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. Uh, through Christ, which strengthened me. And so that just shows you that you, when you come to that place where your day's falling apart, yeah, Paul's days fell apart every day, whether he's getting beat up or he was winning thousands of souls to the gospel. But he literally was like, I've learned. I mean, he's at prison at, at some points too. And he's like, I've learned how to be abased. So we talk about, we talk about, let's talk some church lingo. You want to? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> I love breaking through church lingo. Church so lingo. Yes. Sanctification, Please. right? Right. Get off of the milk and onto the, the meat, meat right. Right? right? You've a babe in Christ. How long should you, you, you're at a point where you've, you, you ought to be able to teach people, but yet you're depending on people. To pe- Here is a indicator that God is developing you into a meat-eating Christian. When you can look through your circumstances that are not attractive and find joy in your relationship with God. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're developing. You're yeah, getting there. I mean, what did, what did Paul, Paul, it's Paul and Silas, I mean, in that, what were they doing when the Philippian jailer and all? They were singing hymns. Yes. Unto the Lord. Yes. And that just shows you that being poor in spirit is being in a place where you realize where life is abased. So life's at not great. You're at a low point. Or maybe you're abounding and it, it you're on top of the mountain. You learn how to be content and realize 
I'm blessed. Yep. And it's like last night at prayer, uh, one of the Donnas that plays the piano here, she told that story about when her house burnt down. And then she said this phrase, it was one of the biggest blessings that's ever happened to me. A normal person that is lost and wants, they'll hear that and be like, what? How, how can you be happy about losing your house? Well, then she talked about how God answered prayers. And then, you know, when everything came back and her house was built and her car, she was more blessed after it happened. But she realized how to be content within that and that she was still blessed. And so I, I, I love um, that we can talk about that and talk about the contentness. And is it easy? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. So um, let, let's go ahead. Let's bounce on to four. Uh, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Who wants it? To, to mourn. Um, so basically to mourn is to grieve, to yeah. go through that grieving process. And uh, again, th- this is one of those that for me, that when for the, I didn't have or I did have a problem, and I guess with mourning, um, because I didn't see, I truly didn't have any compassion. I didn't have anything. So I, therefore, whatever you were going through, that's on you. It, and that's basically was my mindset. Yeah. And it, it's not so much that, the, the mourning is not so much of ourself at times, but sometimes it's the, those around us. That when we see somebody that is hurting and, and that, that has lo- experienced loss, we too pick up that burden. Yeah. And we too carry that with us. And that is not something, you know, again, that is not something we do out of our own fleshly desires. That is only something that we do because of the, 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 the grace and the love that we have been shown. You know, our heart hurts for them. Our heart, our heart goes out to them. And, I mean, the one thing that I kind of uh, – we talked about a little bit before we went on um, was the mourning process of – you know, and, I, and at times, you know, I was like – I says when I first read this myself, I was thinking, blessed is the day that I mourn. And I was like, what did I mourn? You know, and when we become poor in spirit, which is not naturally us – we are going to go through a mourning process. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is of who we were, things that we enjoyed, you know, that, I mean, it's, it, it's, it, we have been removed from that. Um, and, you know, for me spe- specifically, that was what my life was because I wasn't raised in the church and I wasn't around it. A lot of my life was sinful acts that I got what I thought was happiness from. So, Going through that that process of grieving, of but it, it was a process that needed to be done. Yeah. Because if I didn't truly let go of it and die to my old self, then it's just baggage I'm carrying with me, and I can't truly live for Him because I'm still I'm still attached. So Pastor Jason made a a, a point when we he visited with us on the podcast to talk about how that the conscience of a of a person is affected by the Spirit of God. And when uh, this transformation takes place, a part of removing that old fleshy heart of stone and replacing it with the the heart of God and and filling it with His mercy and His love, a part of that is the Spirit affecting the conscience making me aware of, man, alive. I was a jerk. Yes. Yeah. Man, look at the people I've hurt. 
Yes. Before it wouldn't bother me, but now there's remorse there. There's regret there. I've caused a lot of problems for a lot of people. I've hurt some folks. Yes. And that causes uh, that transformation that God's already done. The salvation's complete. But now I'm aware of some things, some things that, uh, man, I understand that you used to be okay, but it's not okay anymore. Right. That's one of those 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 indicators that lets me know, man, there's something different about me now. And it's one of those confirmations that says, hey, yeah. You're a child of the king. Yeah. You're saved. And that's what gives me that encouragement. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I can't hurt somebody cold-hearted and not feel any remorse for that. God won't let me. And because of that, it's 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 a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to go through that morning. Yeah. And, I mean, Josh has already talked about it too, but, like, uh, man, we did this last week. We live in a culture in 2020 that says you you don't have to be broken for your sins. Like, you don't have to mourn about that stuff. They just come as you are. You know what I'm saying? And, and that just breaks me because, like, I, I'm broken for my sins. Like, yeah. li- like yesterday. Here's a, I may not weep every time, I may, but I, I promise you, if you could see what's going on within me, I'm very upset. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorrowful. That's one of the references I'll talk about and, in a and second. God, and God can. He looks straight down into the very center of your being in your heart, and he knows oh, yeah. that you're broken. He knows you're mourning. And, and like you said, I might not be prostrate out on my face, you know, yeah, crying and, and extremely emotional, but God knows if I am mourning – even if there's no emotion at all on my face. And like two examples is like, you know, when Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit in the book of John, he said that it would come to reprove, reprove, you know, convict the world of sins. Well, then you get over to like 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God for teaching, reproof, conviction, and the training in righteousness. So the Holy Spirit's going to convict us of sin, but so is the scripture. And so here, here example, you know, last night... Um, I'm trying to study, um, and I'm reading through some things uh, for this Wednesday. For I, I preach at a church in a couple of weeks, and so um, Chris Rop, our small group leader for college group, he calls me and he's just like, "Hey, like we're doing pizza tonight, you know, um, and I don't want to be late. Do you think you could go pick it up for me?" And I, my first answer is like, "I'm trying to study, you know, I'm I'm reading, and I, I literally just said, well, I'm reading right now, and I've got some things to do.'" I, you know, maybe. And so he's like, well, just don't worry about it. Instantly, God convicted me and says, why can't you do this for your brother? Like yesterday morning, the sermon or Sunday morning, loving one another. Yep. And then God, you're not loving him right, right now. And then the third thing was, why are you so self-righteous right here that you can't help him? And I literally was like, and I told Chris, I said, you know, hey, no, 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 no. I, I, I need to go get it. So then I hang up. Well, I text him because I'm convicted about it. And I literally text him. It's like, hey, I'm sorry. And I mean, this is such a small, I'm about to cry because it's such a small thing. But to me, I was so sorrowful in that moment that I literally text him. I said, I'm sorry that I was selfish in that. Like I literally should have considered and listened to you instead of thinking about myself first. And he forgave me and I found forgiveness in God. But it just, in that moment, like I wasn't weeping. I wasn't broke, you know, like, you know, you know, but I was so sorrowful within my myself, 
And it's, it wasn't a self-pity a for myself. It was that God reproved me and convicted me in that moment and s- literally brought Scripture to my mind that 2 Timothy 3.16 said, can convict me. And in that moment, I was in a sorrowful state that I was willing to say, you know, I- I'm sorry. And then literally at the second part of that verse is, for they shall be comforted. Well, after that, Chris encouraged me when he got here, and he's like, hey, man, it- it's okay. I love you, you know. Um, and we laughed, and we felt, and then I felt comforted by the spirit that I did what I was supposed to do. Absolutely, and that's a that's a genuine byproduct of the Holy Spirit. That's what He does, and, and the the confirmation of those who I love, I rebuke. I can't act any way I want to. It's not, uh, you know, I use my parents for an example a lot, but uh, when I left the house on the weekend, my parents would tell me straight to my face, "You don't act." like you've never been to town before you act like you've been taught how to behave and there's no doubt in my mind that because of that uh, my life was spared a lot of complications because of the upbringing that I got from my family and sure I I would go out but I had some you know just a few handful of friends that we would go and and we didn't get in trouble didn't drink didn't get into a bunch of meanness And, and, and because of that my parents would tell me, you're mine, and if you do that, I know what I would get. Same concept. Because I'm God's child, I can't just disrespect him and, and, and despite his spirit and ignore it when he speaks to me. Yeah. When I do, that brings about conviction, and, and that brings about mourning. It brings about chastisement. And chastisement, yeah. absolutely. When you, when you read Hebrews, chastisement in your Greek definition, it literally says the word training. So yep. God is training us, yep. and it's just like any other child. It actually says that... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, for earthly parents, you know, they discipline to what they know what is best. Well, how much more were our Heavenly Father, you know, disciplined, correct? And so that just shows you that, you know, the more, if you're a Christian, I want to say this, and you guys can back me up. If you're a Christian, you're going to be humbled because God's going to reveal to you a lot that you've done something wrong. He's the master teacher. Like growing up, like I remember I grew up in a culture that was like, you know, Men don't cry, be tough, you know, you got to... But, like, when I became a Christian, yeah, that was thrown in the trash because literally when God put me in the place that I felt like Paul, wretched sinner I am, I would weep because I realized, like, the first... I was so poor in spirit. I had nothing to offer, and I, I had no clue why God would allow me to be saved. And so the mourning that takes place when it comes to sin is that broken and contrite spirit that we've t- that God is literally trying to correct you, point you somewhere, but he's not just going to, you know, it's like when my parents, when I was little, you know, I would get spankings, right? I get whippings all the time because that's just how I was a wild child. But I remember that, like, after it happened, my parents would come and they would comfort me and say, do you know why that happened? Do you know why you're grounded? Do you know why you got this? And I would be like, yes, because I and then they would comfort me and yeah. say, Yes. And mm-hmm. it's just the same thing with God. Like anytime he's corrected me, there's such a peace and a comfort that comes when I finally confess my sins and he's faithful and just to forgive me uh, of that sin and that unrighteousness. So always that, that comfort that comes from uh, mourning helps us to understand, you know what, if it's and, God, and God's just like my parents were similar. To, I never got a beaten or a whooping. I should say I didn't deserve and everyone I got 
was meant to correct me and bring me in a position to where I could understand and learn from it. And there's all methods of education. I talked about and mentioned that God was the, the master educator in, in teaching. And some of us are, I've already talked about the learning curve I've got. Some of us, it takes a little bit more to get through to us and teach us. But God was, is determined. And he, he's not going to leave us alone. He's going to teach us. And sometimes I wished I would just listen sooner and quicker. And, and spare myself some of the, yeah, the learning curve and some of the mourning that uh, I went through because of the fact that I was disobedient. Yeah, well, Hunter, you made a point earlier, and you said that um, about how you know this society looks and basically men ain't supposed to cry, men ain't supposed to show emotion, men ain't shut supposed that to up, or I'll give you something to cry yeah. about. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's that's exactly dry it right. up. Yeah, you know, dry it up. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh. But it, it, it's 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 kind of ironic though because that's what we read um, when we read and we study. You know, it's the exact opposite. But the world tells us, oh, well, you, you can't do this. And I mean, but it, so the world wants us to be this macho, tough guy, outer shell, to where we walk around. But yet inside, inside we are not that. That's not who we are. Um, so inside, we, we can act tough on the outside, but in, inside of us, we're scared, you know, and we're, we're scared or we're emotional or, you know, we're, we are crying and weeping, but we have this, this fakeness that has to get put on. And that's what I love about it is that, you know, when, when you do find out and, you know, and Christ breaks you, it doesn't matter who's around. Nah. It, it doesn't matter who's there watching, you know, I mean, because that, it, 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 it like, like, like Alan said, you know, it goes straight down. The, you can't stop it. You know. You know that you've been out of line. You know that you are being corrected and put back onto the path. And, and, and it's all in love. You know, and I mean, like, like you guys both said, you know, that when your parents corrected, it was in love. Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing with us. You know, it's, it's not of anything else except for in love. I mean, we, we start to go wayward or we're doing something that is – you know, selfish or, or, or self-righteous that to where the point to where we need that correction. And then if he doesn't make a point, we will. We have a tendency, you know, to be harder to learn it. Yeah. And, and like, even when you think about, like, the comforting part, again, I, I kind of want to bring that back up. Uh, just like a couple texts that um, come to mind. It's like John sixteen twenty. I was reading these today. You will be sorrowful. Um, but your sorrow will then turn into joy. Or like Revelations 21, 4 says, God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So like there is this ultimate comfort that we have as Christians, that one day, yes, we will be fully comforted, we will stay in comfort, we will, be, we will remain in it for eternity. But until then... You know, the word comfort, well, think about, you know, what Jesus taught in John 14, John 15, John 16. He referred to the Holy Spirit as comforter. Comfort. So ultimately, one day, we will live in comfort forever in eternity with God. But, you know, right now, and we've already talked about it, we have a Holy Spirit that is teacher, and it's just an advocate and a comforter that is always there with us. And so, listen, you know, if you're ever in a time of mourning, you know, whether it's because you have sin in your life, first off, you should probably go ahead and just confess it and repent it. But anytime there's a sense of mourning, whether it's sin or something's going on in your life or loss or whatever, for everyone who's listening to this and that you're a Christian, I just want to encourage you this. Really cling to the advocate and, and that 
that comforter that you have that has been shed abroad and placed within you that has sealed you and, and put a promise on your and he knows just what to say, the yeah. exact words that you need to hear at the exact time, whatever it is you're going through, that maybe I can't tell you. And, and I mean, for instance, when somebody loses a loved one, you go visit them, you want to be there for them, yeah. you want to comfort them, what can you do? What can you say? Nothing. Right. Nothing. There's a hole there. There's a, there's a family member that's missing. So really, there's nothing I can do. But, boy, the Holy Spirit can go into places that our words can't go, yeah. that our encouragement can't provide, and he can heal and he can He can comfort in ways that we can never imagine. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's just a good verse, and there's a lot of good reminders that we just talked about. So let's go to verse 5. Um, hopefully we've, we've got about 15, 10 minutes left. So we'll hit verse 5, verse 6, and um, we'll come back next week and finish out the rest of the Beatitudes. Um, so verse 5 says this, um, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, so, Alan, Josh, before you all dive in, I'll just go ahead and throw out, you know, for our listeners out there, if you look at the word meek in your Greek um, definitions, it's 4239. And basically, I mean, meek means humble. So, you know, blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. So meek is not weak. And people will look at a person who is meek and by this world's standards and fleshly carnality judge them as being a weak person, which is not the case at all. Because that I choose to present myself in a meek manner, as Christ has instructed us to do, doesn't mean I'm weak. And the fact that you are in a position of meekness, uh, man, it just to me it's it's an attribute that uh, that, that Christ exudes, and, yeah. and, and, and and everywhere he anyone interacted with him, that meek spirit, not a not a, a abrasive, loud, know-it-all, you know, macho Popeye mentality like we talked about earlier, but it's it's a meekness that uh, uh, understands that I forfeit my right to be. Uh, yeah. Pushy or dominant or uh, alpha or whatever you want to call it, uh, but I choose to be meek to present myself in a godly manner. Yeah, and like when you think about meek or humble, I mean, th- this is a Christian. I mean, like we've talked about these characteristics; these things are only what Christians can partake of. So when you think about someone who is humbled, well, anytime someone is saved, you have been humbled before God. To realize that you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, um, you are a sinner. You are, you know, even though you're self-righteous, He breaks through that and He humbles you. So, I mean, anybody who's been saved, they have become humble at their conversion. Now, as a Christian, do I struggle with my pride? Yes, I have to keep in that training of righteousness, well, we and sanctification. All, we all do. We all do. And so, but you know, when you look at blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. I mean. Uh, Psalms thirty-seven eleven says the meek shall inherit the earth. So ultimately, like when you think about being humble before God, being saved, well, one day, you know, whether the Lord returns or um, I pass away, you know, I, I get to go be the Lord. But one day, when you know the Lord comes back to destroy and renew all things, 
well, not only will we have rewards of the blessedness of the, the heaven, but you have to think a new heaven, a new earth. So there is a sense that if you've been humble before God and you've been saved, yeah, you will inherit heaven, but we also will get to partake of that new earth. So there is a sense when it talks about inheriting um, the earth or getting the earth, it, it is a sense that one day, ultimately, we will. You know, we'll be we'll get to reign with the Lord and we'll get to be um, with him forever. Or even uh, I, I was looking at this and another word for earth was land. So there's this new land, this new earth that, you know, ultimately, if you've been humbled, you've been saved that. Yeah, you will get to see that you will get to be a part of that. So, yeah, with, with humility, um, one of the things that I always comes to mind with humility is setting ourselves aside. And esteeming the ones that are around us ahead of ourselves, you know, which is I'm kind of we when we read and like like we discussed or Hunter had mentioned that you know these these are signs of Christians doing this. The lost is not going to have these attributes. It's not it's not natural, right? It's against us. So that but what the humility of it is is that you know I I, re, I think about it and like the Pharisees were prideful, you know. And then we see the stories in there with humility, you know, to where, like Hunter mentioned earlier, you know, he's beating on his chest and he says, you know, Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner. You know, that's that state of it to where even when whenever we go in to do an act of kindness, there, there is a great humility of it because immediately our flesh wants our pride to, you know, hey, take 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 acknowledgement of this, yeah. you know. You know you should be getting something from this. No, you, don't worry about it. That's okay, you know. And it's in all in the back of our head. We're thinking, yeah, it's swelling. Look here, yes. what I did. Right, mm-hmm. right. And that's where that humility comes into place, you know. That, and, and and that's one of the things that I often challenge my kids for is like, when you do something, are you doing it because you truly want to help? Or are you doing it to put yourself in a place where, like, look what I did? Yeah, you know, look what another tick in the hat if you will you know this uh, so so with that humility that we get though i mean that's one of the things that you know that's one that we have to check um is where we at are at because like i said pride is so dominant that it it, it creeps in yeah even even when we ain't wanting it to come in it doesn't take much i mean the breeze blows the right way and we're starting to become prideful yep that's true and that's one thing when uh when you really start digging and, and learning and start out the best intentions and you start studying God's Word and you really want to be a, a, a expand your knowledge of God's Word, and okay, now I've got more knowledge. Well, the Bible says that knowledge puffeth up. Yes. And now all of a sudden I'm smart and I know a lot about the Bible. And now all of a sudden I'm not being meek and I'm not being humble, but I'm talking down to everybody. Correction and coming and at I'm, you. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, what are you thinking, Joshua? You don't know what you – and – Instead of building up, I'm tearing down. Right. Yeah. And even like, you know, like the Pharisees, I mean, they were very self-righteous, very prideful, and they openly rejected Christ. I mean, they wanted nothing to do with him. I mean, you talked a little bit about the self-righteousness with the Pharisee and the again. And, I mean, they weren't willing to humble themselves before Jesus. So, ultimately, you know, he, he, I mean, basically, when you look at all Jesus taught him, he was just like, you're missing out. These are church people. Yeah, even uh, the scripture. Well, they but, dedicated but kinda, their they dedicated their life to learning the scripture. Yeah, but, but like so, so it's if it's kind of ironic though if you think about it because they 
Jesus didn't come in as what they anticipated their king should have yeah. came in as. Yeah. You know, I mean, he came in low, mm-hmm. you know, with that meekness and stuff. And they're like, wait, no, our, our king's got to be like, you know, coming yeah. here, dominating and, mm-hmm. and overrunning. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they, they rejected horse. him. From, yeah, yeah. They rejected him right off the beginning. Big yeah. guns. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's yeah. like even like I think uh, our pastor's done a message on this, but you got the scripture where they look at Jesus like, tell us plainly if you're the Christ. And he's like, I have. Like yes. I literally yes. have, and so they what? never were. They never humbled themselves no. and became meek. Yeah. And still wasn't here. And they missed it. Read my lips. Yeah, yeah. it's me. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and they they missed it. And, yep. and ultimately, they'll never get to share in the inheriting of the earth, or he- they'll never get to because they died in unbelief. And, and so, and we see like you, I can't one of you the church. Yep. We I mean we see people in, in the church and. Um, you know, I'm not trying to cast stones, but I'm saying this, that, that, you know, when you think about even like the prodigal son, there's tons of people that will be like, yeah, I was a prodigal, but how many people were the other son Mm. that were in the house that were with the father that knew everything and they still were jealous and they never truly had that relationship and they were in the house the whole time. And this is what really, uh, I want every listener to take away from this. Uh, we hope that this educates and we hope this inspires you to get in there and dig. But one thing I want to make sure that if you learn anything about us at all, uh, we don't want to be uh, uh, that person who seems like we're smarter than everybody. We know everything. And that knowledge puffs us up to a position of pride. And we desire recognition and uh, accolades for things that we know and we do because we understand that that uh, that uh, that puffed up spirit leads yeah. to destruction yeah i i think we all, i will be like a berean my whole life all i can do is study day and night to figure sure. out the truth yeah. yes. and that's how it's going to be so um let's go to this verse six this is a really good one and i i figured this would probably be a good one to end on because we'll probably talk about this for 10 minutes because this is just deep so in verse 6, he says this, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. All right, guys. So, I mean, we, we've talked about hunger for the Word. When we did our prayer series, we, me and I, you know, Alan, we've talked about it a, a couple times in that series, talking about prayer, about give us this our daily bread. Um, so who... Why is this so important, and how can we read this and see that a Christian should relate to this? Well, I mean, when that longing and that understanding or, or, or revelation that, man alive, there's something missing that needs to be filled, man alive, that desire to fill it is, again, it's one of those things that's just one of those confirmations of salvation that says, you know what, I'm one of yours, God. And... and Trying to to uh, understand that, man, I'm hungry and I thirst after that righteousness. That's another unique characteristics that only Christians have, mm-hmm. and, and it's not something that it is natural uh, to the uh, carnal man. But it's something that's only a byproduct of salvation. And, and when we uh, when we talk about that hungering and thirsting, uh, we hope that uh, if you're listening to this, uh, that. This whets your appetite a little bit. Maybe you're not in church. Maybe you just stumbled across this podcast. Uh, maybe this will do something that m- might foster that curiosity to develop into a, 
uh, a relationship with God and, 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 and put you on a path to maybe uh, searching for a, a local church to attend. Uh, we, hey, we'd love to have you here. If you're in the area, come visit us. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I got some, I've got about <clears throat> a few reference texts I was going to talk about. So like Luke one fifty three says this and part of it. He has filled the hungry with good things. Talking about the Lord. Um, Isaiah sixty five thirteen. Isaiah paints a picture between followers of God and non-followers of God. He said, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. Verse four, Behold, my servant shall sing joy of their heart, but ye shall cry of sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. And there's a few other texts, like, you know, um, John 4, he looks at uh, the woman of the well, and he's talking to her. He's like, you know, those who thirst, come, I will quench their thirst. Um, John 6, 48, you know, he talks about being the bread of life. There's so uh, so many texts where Jesus refers yeah. to himself as spiritual food, uh, fulfilling, giving, you know. And, and so I think this is so essential because the verse says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. So this is where it's, I, uh, it's about to get a little choppy, okay? If you're listening to this and you say you are a Christian, okay, I want to I ask you a question. Are you hungry? Do you hunger every day for the Word? Yeah. Do you hunger for a sermon? Do you hunger for a podcast? Do you hunger for Christian music? Do you have something within you that you, I need it? Or th- being thirsty. Do you thirst for the Word of God, a sermon? or any? And you're like, why do you keep saying sermons? I listen to sermons because it's still the Word of God that's being talked about. I listen to music because it's worship music that's glorifying God. It's glorifying the Lord. I read. So if you listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I really, I, I don't hunger for that. Or man, it's been weeks since I, well, this says happy are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, I'm not saying every Christian's like me. Now, I'm, I'm thank, I thank God that they're not. <laughs> but you remember when we went through the, the, the shutdown, the COVID thing, right. and it just it locked everything down. We, we stopped having yeah. assembly in the building, and we went to online services. And, I, I mean, I, I participated. But there's one thing I've realized really quickly, that being a person who's raised in church his whole life, that's the longest stretch in my, not just my adult, that's the longest stretch in my 50 years Maybe I've ever now. been that I wasn't in church. So what I understand about that time frame, there was some hunger in me. Right? Yeah. I was, because I, I missed it. And I'll I tell you what I did. I spent time praying. I spent time in the Word. I spent time praying for a pastor because I know, I, I, I came up here and we done some video Sunday school lessons, <laughs> awkward. Man, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, to sit in the room by myself and talk to a phone while I'm being videoed. But I understand this. That hunger to be not just with God's people, that was part of it, but to be in God's presence, to be in His Word, mm-hmm. to be an active pursuit of Him, that's something that, man, if I go four hours without eating, I miss food. If I go a, a period of time without God and His presence in my life, 
my spirit, my soul misses that. And like, you know, I, I was thinking too um, about the whole um, quarantine thing was, I mean, we talked about this. I mean, there came a point in time where it's like, you know, I'm not getting to hear my pastor all the time, or I'm not getting to sit in that class or that. So it came a point of like self-examination of like, I don't read enough as much as I should. Exactly. Yes. And so, and here's the thing is like, I do have a hunger and I do have a thirst for righteousness, but there comes a point where like, I was like, Hunter, you're going to have to make time. You're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to read and you're going to have to pray. So even as a Christian, you might have a hunger and a thirst, but it's like, are you going to do something about it? It's like if I'm laying on the couch and I'm hungry, but I'm like, man, I'm just, just so comfy. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm just so comfy. Or this is the best. This movie scene's so good. Hey, <laughs> honey, you bring me a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, and so it came to that point of being like, man, I'm procrastinating, and I'm going to have to make that time. And I listen, I, I, I'm not perfect at it. Um, there's times that, man, I, I don't eat enough. It's like, you know. If I go a whole day and I only eat two meals and I'm starving at night, it's my fault that I didn't eat that day. And so there there are days where, like, I, I might be hungry and I'm not feeding myself right or I'm not eating the right food or, mm-hmm. um, you know, in some cases, you know, I might hear someone say something unbiblical and at that point I'm like, throw that back up because I don't even want to eat that or be around that. But it, it just shows you that it's important. And I, I want to say this too. Every Christian that takes advantage of the Bible and the classes and the resources that they have in that church can't say that they left without being filled. If you can, I'm, I'm worried about you. Yep. Because it says, they that hunger and thirst, after I, they shall be filled. And so if you're hungry for the Word, if you're thirsty for the Word, Jesus literally says you will be filled. I mean, it's like every Sunday I show up. You know, my sometimes I'm not focused like I should be. Feed me, preacher. Yeah, and there, but literally every Sunday I come, I, I find myself leaving with a scripture. Maybe I've never really studied a conviction because something I've heard in God's word, and so I, I am leaving filled. A Christian has an opportunity every Sunday, Wednesday, anytime they read the Bible, to leave from that session, from that meal, filled. And, and I mean, that that's what it's saying in some of these verses is like, Jesus, like, I am this, I am this, I am this. But there comes a point where like, Jesus isn't going to just spoon feed me, right? Mm-hmm. He's exactly not just right. going to open my mouth and just pour it down. No, there comes a point where like, I, I've got to make that. It's like the Bereans. I mean, they chose to study day Intentionally. and night. In, yeah. Great word, Alan. Intentionally. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love the concept of, of food, of being thirsty, but it also comes to that, that big word right there, after righteousness, after holiness. You know, as a Christian, what are you really hungering after? What are you thirsting after? Because we need to be after the righteousness. Yeah, well, that brings up a very good point was that you, what are we searching after? Because we will be we will be filled. Um, and I, in summertime here, it gets incredibly hot outside. And at times... If you're not careful, you become dehydrated. In our dehydrated state, I mean, we could drink soda, milk, milkshakes, juices, but I mean, that's not what our body is wanting. It's wanting water, yep. clean water. And that's the same thing. When we are going through life, we can fill it with a lot of things, 
But what does our spirit really want? And, you yeah. know, it's wanting the word of God. Yeah. It's wanting that prayer with him. It's wanting that communion. But we, we often sometimes will fill it so full of other things that is junk. Yep. It, it's going to make us sick, you yep. know, spiritually sick. But we, because, and it's because we are not feeding ourselves the way we should be. Yeah. You know, and like we both, or both of you guys have mentioned was during the COVID. I mean, yes, the COVID was, was hard for me. And it did, it was a point to where I had to really check myself, you know, because there wasn't that daily seeking, you know, it's like, well, I'm kind of, we're not, we're not in fellowship right now. I, I, I cannot read tonight. Well, what I noticed is that it started to linger into the next day. And then what would happen is that once I did start reading, you know, I, it, and it's not by coincidence, you know, it was all self-reflection. Every verse is like I open up and it's like, you know, self-reflection of me. And, and, and at that moment, that's when I realized, you know, I have to feed myself. Absolutely. Daily, you yep. know, and in the prayer, I have to do it daily because if not, my pride is going to step in between me and my relationship with Christ. And I'm going to start becoming self-righteous where, well, I don't need that. Well, I do need it. And yeah. it's I a, starve for it. Yeah, erosive process where, you know, it's not that big a deal. I'm tired. I'm gonna, nobody will know, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, I never intended on it. But now I'm self-righteous. Yes. And I'm bitter. And I'm, there's all things that typically, yeah. if I'm spiritually well-nourished, never are issues mm-hmm. until you find yourself in that position where Satan has eroded your yeah. spiritual integrity away. And, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, I've been through that phase of like where I didn't read consistently. And I was like, I felt empty. I almost felt sick. Mm-hmm. And then I, God was like, you need to be my word. And so once I started like studying, really, like even the deep topics, I became where like multiple days would go by, and I'm obsessed with the topic I'm studying. And like here's another text that I was just looking at. Um, it popped up down here at the bottom. It says, "He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness." So I don't know about you all, but listen, if you put a box of Krispy Kreme donuts in front of me, I'm gonna eat all twelve. Absolutely. I might even eat more than 12. And like, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I love to exercise. I love to do, but. Are they hot? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love to exercise, but it's one of those things that, man, you put a box of hot, fresh Krispy Kreme donuts, I won't stop eating them. I realized that about God's word, that it was the goodness that my soul, like when my belly sees the Krispy Kreme donuts, my belly goes, mmm, that is goodness. God showed me, like this psalm just said, that when my soul really got a taste of being in the Word daily, weekly, mo- monthly, yearly, I was like, mmm, dude, this is good. It melts in my mouth. It's sweet. And it's even like, if I eat all those donuts, my belly's going to hurt, right? Yeah. Sometimes my soul hurts because of what I've just eaten. And I mean, because I'm convicted or something's came up and God has been like, here you go. You need to work a, on this. Generates a little mourning. But it's mm-hmm. it's good for the soul, and it fills the soul. Just like, listen, them hot donuts, my weakness. Those are Rice Krispie treats, man. I, I I don't know what it is, but it's like I, exercise goes out the window. <laughs> donuts and Rice Krispie treats go in the stomach. So, But that that's such a good verse. And I, I love, man, we could spend hours talking about this verse, just like we've literally been talking for an hour, and we've only made it through like, Four verses. I'm proud of us for getting that far. I'm hungry. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about donuts. So, uh, guys, I, 
let's wrap up right there. Y'all good with that? I'm good. Let's wrap up. Uh, next week, we're going to come back, and we'll finish out 7 through 12. Um, and then we'll keep moving on through the Sermon on the Mount and just eating and digesting the Word of God. So, guys, do y'all have anything to end with? God bless. All right. Hey, this, hey, this is Hunter. So long. This is Alan. We'll see you next week. God bless, Josh. All right. Peace out, guys. We will see you next week.